Things unabated. That's yeah. the new word, unabated. That's kind of too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger and welcome on into the Massey Peabody Rating Show here on unabated.com or wherever you're getting your podcasts. I'm Thomas Viola and joining me, of course, one half of the Massey Peabody Rating System. It is none other than Rufus Peabody himself and we have a wild week to break down for you. There have been some interesting moves up and down the charts and that's because we've seen some really interesting results this week. And it's starting to show in some of the lines for next week here. We are coming down to the thick of things, though, Rufus. This is the last week for a lot of people before fantasy football playoffs begin. And it's ridiculous that we have bye weeks this week. I have problems with the schedule makers, I'll tell you that (laughs) much. But Rufus, how are you doing today? Are you ready to dive right in here with some ratings? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Starting off, of course, we got to talk about the team at the top of the board here because it is none other than the Buffalo Bills. They have maintained that top spot almost all season long, if not all season. Are they wire to wire top spot so far, Rufus? I I mean, I'd have to go back into the the time machine to see, but I, I would think they have. I mean, I think they are. They did gain gain a slight increase here from 7.35 last week to 7.91 this week. Of course, when we talk about this rating, it is the point spread that they would be favored by against a neutral team on a neutral field. True neutral here. The neutralist of Milk Hotels and Rufus. Uh, Buffalo didn't have to play on Sunday because they got they they got business taken care of against the Patriots on Thursday night. Now they're going to be even more well rested coming into a revenge game against the Jets here. And at seven point nine one, they are very clearly far away ahead of Kansas City and Dallas right now. More than a full point and a half favor, uh, almost a point and a half favorites here. And what what are you seeing from this Buffalo team? They were sliding down the rankings for a couple weeks, and they have come back real strong, haven't they? They have. I mean, I think that they, to say they were sliding, I mean, they were losing some ground, but they were still the top team. So you kind of hold them to a higher, higher standard, but um, they played solid. I think they had what they were set a 78th percentile game grade last week. Um, that was driven mostly. It looks like it was pretty, like pretty well-rounded all around um, in every statistical category. So um, they were the better team. They won by 14. They're, Basically, the numbers said that they were 16 points better uh, controlling for home fields. So, um, yeah, we entered the season's home stretch. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people think maybe Dallas is the best team now after just looking at the final score of that indie game. But I, you know, I still think Buffalo is the class of the league. And Dallas, they've been making those they've been making those great strides. We've certainly seen it the last couple of weeks here and just absolutely blowing out. Uh, a team that you know is going to be well coached week in week out by Jeff Saturday and that Colts squad. Right? Well, they they didn't blow out. I mean, sure, the the finals they won by thirty five, but they were losing. What I mean, they were up by two going into the final quarter. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, I know. I lost some bets, some second half unders and um, second half Colts bets on you know in that fourth quarter. But you know that was that that was essentially a lot of garbage time scores and there was and some turnovers and you know that's i, I you know i wouldn't the, that final score is very deceptive in my opinion i'm i'm inclined to agree with you i i don't even personally think they're still the best team in their own division I, i'm still inclined to pick the eagles over them i feel like they just have more of a dynamic ability and that defense is 
to me, not as turnover luck based as the Dallas defense might be. What do you think of that, though? You know, I think, you know, tomato, tomato. I, I have the Cowboys is about a half a point better on a neutral field. But these teams are are, are quite comparable. Um, Dallas has benefited. They've been very good in terms of scoring efficiency. Um, actually, as have the as has uh, Philadelphia. They've both been been very elite there. And actually, um, but let's see, um, Philadelphia. Whereas Philadelphia, I'll say on, on Dallas has actually been really really elite in terms of uh, scoring efficiency on defense as well. So basically, their their defense has stepped up when it when it needs to. Um, as is their offense. They've been good at translating points into uh, or yards into points. But these, I mean, these teams are both very, very good teams. Um, I still think they're not in that, like they're, they're still a tier underneath Buffalo though. Yeah. I mean, but if you look at the game grades for this week, Philly did in fact top the list with their win over Tennessee. That was, yes, they did. I was definitely personally wrong on. I thought the Tennessee would put up more of a fight there, but Philadelphia came in and just absolutely dominated that game to the point where Tennessee actually fired their GM today. Uh, Something's got to be going on there behind the scenes in that front office to fire your GM when you're a game out of clinching your second straight division title. But maybe they just saw AJ Brown doing what he was doing and said, Oh, you know what? Maybe that was a mistake. Maybe the GM's ego shouldn't get in the way of the team's roster construction. Well, what's what's clear to me is that Vrabel tends to get the most out of the talent he has, but I think people always think that Tennessee uh, doesn't have that much talent on that roster relative to you know how they're <laughs> you know how they're playing. So, um, uh, if I had to fire someone, certainly I'm not firing Vrabel, and I'm firing the GM. I, I'm just amazed that they fired anybody there. Uh, this feels like a very weird spot to do that. And again, it makes me think something's behind the scenes. But yeah, that's that's neither here nor there for what we want to talk about here, because Kansas City and Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City ended up grading out uh, on a higher game grade than than since he did by a couple spots here, despite the fact that they actually lost the game. I slept through the afternoon slate, so I did not watch this one. But what did you see there? Well, so first off, you have to remember these game grades are controlling for strength of opponent going into the game as well as home field. So uh, we we had Kansas City grading out as 5.5 points better. But again, they were on the road and and these teams are comparable quality. So uh, basically, we thought this game could have gone either way. Um, the teams played to about the same level. Kansas City was uh, both teams struggled on defense um, or actually, no, so, sorry, I should I should say. Kansas City struggled in terms of uh, yards per play on defense, um, as well as play success on defense. So that it, conversely, Cincinnati was very good in those um, departments. But but Kansas City was a little bit better in terms of uh, scoring efficiency on both sides of the ball. So um, Cincinnati like had more chances, but didn't uh, I guess didn't get it done. Yeah, uh, I mean they did get it done, but relative to Kansas City. Relative to the, the, adjust, the adjusted scoring there. Yeah. But um, that that game just absolutely blew my mind just for how Joe Burrow always seems to have Kansas City's number when it comes to when it comes to this matchup. I mean, we've seen it becoming one of the more interesting rivalries in the league right now between two of the young star quarterbacks here. And the Bengals just get it done. It's just been a bunch of games that came down to the wire. You know, it could have gone either way. So I think... Sometimes that the bounces go your way. Sometimes they don't. Exactly. And I remember early on in the season when we were talking about uh, which teams you were higher or lower on based on your models and projections. Cincinnati was a team that you were lower. on. I was pretty low on. But what's funny is I, I kind of 
I, I kind of moved up on them pretty quickly despite their record. So I thought they were an average team, slightly below average going into the year. I still had them, let's see, even as late as week three is, you know, 0.4 points worse than an average team, but they improved, let's see, every week, week five, they're up. Um, they basically just kept improving um, every single week, week four through week eight. Um, yeah, and and even go, even going into last week, I had them, I mean, you can actually see on that table probably, but going, I, I had them as the one, two, three, four, fifth best team in the NFL. So um, they've certainly done it with their play this season. That, that's very, that's very true. I mean, they've been able to make it, they've been able to make the play back up that they've needed to make. And uh, the, the model is kind of reflective of what actually did happen. They were, they had a very slow start to this season and now all of a sudden they're right there competing with the Ravens for the top spot in the AFC North. And that brings up another very interesting point. Just how far have the Ravens fallen here? We see it a full four and a half points on this the is, this is due to This is due to uh, the injury of Lamar Jackson and his presumed unavailability this week. So that'll, that'll go back up once Lamar is healthy. And that's exactly, this is the, point. That's right. exactly the point I wanted to make about it, though. The fact that we have no Lamar here right now much to the potential chagrin of fantasy owners as well as the Ravens, I'm sure, because they somehow still get it done against the Denver Broncos, which how bad is this offense with Denver that you just cannot get anything going in any of these games? I mean, you've seen the stats saying that uh, if they had scored if they'd scored 18 points in each of their games this season, they're like, what, 10 and three right now or mm -hmm. 11 and two now at this point. Literally on my on my uh, unit grades chart, looking at their scoring efficiency on offense, it says zero. It's actually if I it's zero point four, but it's the zeroth percentile. That's a different chart. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. The unit uh, I tweeted out unit grades earlier today, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they they've certainly struggled on offense um, mightily. Yeah, to, to put it mildly. And, and the funny thing is that, yeah, they've been great against the pass. I mean, their defense has been good. Yeah. Um, their defense has been very good. But when your offense has been that bad, um, it's a league. It's an offense. It's an offense driven league. A real. Uh, I've got a real prop bet for you here. Uh, well, not a real prop bet, but a prop bet for you. Uh, rest of season. Does Russell Wilson manage to score more touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house by the end of the year? I have no idea how many bathrooms he has. It's he's at twelve. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, that's. I mean, twelve touchdowns in five games. No, he has to get twelve on the season as a whole. Oh, what's he have now? Let me check that because it is. I'll tell you, it, it's not good. I think he's at ten. I think he's still at nine no. or ten. Let me pull up. I mean, he'll probably numbers. get there if that's the case, but. I don't know. It's concerned. He's at eight on the regular season. Four in five games. I mean, he should get there, but. He should. We'll see. He he's not he's not averaging that clip right now. No. Yeah, that's very. But weird. that's why these sort of this guy's on pace for this doesn't make sense sometimes because you know, like the the um whoever the guy that filled in for Ronaldo today for Portugal is now on pace for, you know, if Portugal makes it to the title game. He's on pace for twelve goals in the knockout round. Yeah. Right? So. It's that I I, lo I always love taking those extrapolations because that is, you know, that that's a real error in data that gets made a lot is that people extrapolate out sample sizes that they shouldn't be uh, taking out of context like that. And it's it's glaring to see with some of these where you have like 
you know, it's week one of the season. Or like you said, this guy just scored three goals in a game. He's averaging three goals a game. He's going to continue to do that. That math can actually start tripping you up, especially when you start well, looking at it in terms of it will. Like, huh? It will. Yeah. Like, especially when you start looking at it in terms of things like, okay, we're at this point where we think we have a good sample size on Russell Wilson. And then, well, you, you extrapolate that out for the rest of the season. There's still so much variance that can occur there, right? I still anticipate him being better. I mean, clearly him being better than he has been so far this season. You can't, you can't throw away his entire career. Or, and he's at an age where you wouldn't expect a, such a precipitous drop-off. And it is a new offense he's in. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's maybe a potential comeback player of the year next year, but um, but I'm guessing there probably will be a new regime in charge in Denver. I don't know how Hackett survives. And it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with him because, um, I mean, when you see somebody fall this drastically in terms of per, like actual performance and perception, generally I would tend to think it's going to be a little bit of an overreaction and that like, He's got the talent to clearly be better than he has been. Do you think even at this age he can bounce back? Yeah. I mean, how old is he? 33, 34? Yeah. Like, that's that's getting up there in quarterback years. That's true. Like, but, I mean, it depends on the type of quarterback you are, clearly. Like, it's – and he's someone who is 34. He does use his legs, um, and he has. So that's, that's something that's going to age less gracefully than the arm, typically. But – um, and then I think you also have I, to look at like when you t- when you factor in his priors, do, do you have to factor in what Geno Smith is doing with the same cast of characters up there right now in Seattle and say, OK, maybe Russell really was falling more than we noticed? I mean, Gino. OK, think about last year, Gino, though. Gino played with the same team last year. Mm-hmm. First off, Seattle, Seattle, because that trade with Denver was able to get some more talent infused on that roster. Um, mm-hmm. They got Fant. They got who else they get? I mean, they got Drew Locke, but that's on. He's not being used. Um, and I don't know who they used that first round pick on, but um, no, he, he's. But but the thing is, I mean, from all accounts, Geno Smith put in a ton of work this offseason and kind of rededicated himself to football. So I, I think clearly, though, you're right. This this year doesn't make you know Geno's success in Seattle doesn't make Russell Wilson look good by comparison, but. Um, I just tend to think that I tend to be cautious in terms of overreacting. Okay. I'm going to break right here because I just want to reset the odds screen for us. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some games. Yeah. Let's talk about some games real quick. I have my line. So that's good. Now, Rufus, let's talk about some games here because we've got a really interesting slate with a couple eye openers for me. Uh, One that jumps out immediately. You talked about the Dallas Cowboys. Some people already are pegging them as the best team in the league. You're not quite on that level, but you're still saying top three. But wow, 17 and a half point favorites against the Houston Texans. This just a spread that astronomical is almost hard to stomach. What do you think? What do you think about that and that line? Um, I make it, Massey Peabody makes it 15.3. So I, I think it, you're, it's close to justifiable, but maybe not quite that high. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's just, is there any way that you can find an edge on a game with a point spread this high? Or do you just simply walk away at some point? Oh, you, I mean, you can find an edge. Like, you know, it's it's just like any other game. You make your numbers, right? Um, I think that 
you see this more in college football where you have big spreads. I mean, in college football, you see spreads in the forties. And so a lot of it comes down to not just how good the team is going to be like when they're trying their hardest, but if, you know, if you're up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, how are you going to play? Is the other team going to be you know, looking for garbage time scores or are they going to um, just kind of be inclined to get out of there? Like what, what, what's their, what's their offense? What's the matchup of their offense versus the, you know, trying to play quickly versus the opponent defense. And so a lot of it comes down to sort of style um, in, in that, but I think people are, uh, we're, we're fresh off of Dallas putting up how many points was it? 26 points in the fourth quarter. Or was it more than that? I think, think it was, it was maybe it's higher i did yeah. not watch that i did not watch that trash it either. was at least four touchdowns in the fourth quarter um so and to blow out a bad team but a team that played well the you know a team that hung in there i don't want to say play well but hung in there um for most of the game so i think that i mean i actually didn't watch that fourth quarter so my my takeaways from that game are a little bit different that like oh they played down to the colts or the colts played up to the cowboys but um I think there may be a little reaction to that, but I mean, this line should be, it should be pretty high and it is pretty high. I just wouldn't make it quite that high, especially also you you don't have, I mean, the travel for Houston, it, it's not, not a bad, not, not a, not a bad trip. Houston to Dallas, not too far away. Now there is one guy that I do have to get your opinion on before we get out of here. Of course, he is the biggest name in quarterbacking, the goat of all goats, the greatest oh, of all time, Mike White, indeed. We've now seen a two game sample size and they're going to Buffalo where they're going to where the Jets are going to be nine and a half to nine point dogs in this one. What what is your what is your opinion been of the Mike White offense so far for the Jets? Obviously, massive struggles in the red zone this uh, this week against Minnesota still almost managed to pull out the victory. But is this a guy that the Jets can actually run a sustainable offense with? I mean, you're the Jets fan, not me, but clearly he looks better than Zach Wilson. He's willing to take some risks. Um, if you look at last year, I mean, he can turn the ball over, but, you know, he'll make plays. He kind of reminds me of Taylor Heineke a little bit in that regard. Yeah, he's not, you know? making, he's not making as many plays with his feet, but he, he is that high ceiling, low floor kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he'll, he's got some gunslinger in him, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I as to the line this week, it should be higher in my opinion. I make it twelve point four to the Bills. So, would you be inclined Sorry. to take the Bills uh, as long as you're getting under the ten here? Yeah, potentially. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I mean, according I, to Massey Peabody numbers, yeah, yeah, according to Massey Peabody. But I I think that that also does make a lot of sense here. I I, I could see the Bills blowing out the Jets in this spot. But one more team that I want to talk about before we leave is in fact the team that the Jets were playing this week, last week in the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to go and face the Detroit Lions now. And this game, despite the Vikings having this incredible record right now, they have a chance to clinch the division this week. They go into, uh, they go into Detroit as two and a half to one point dogs, depending on where you look. I know Circa moved them back to two and a half points here. What, what does Massey Peabody say as we take a, as we take a look at their rankings as well is this game where you would put it because i you know that people are the public is going to be rushing to bet minnesota here dead where i'd put it i make it two so detroit detroit i mean had they had the second best game grade last week they are they're a average team 
I mean, I think they're a better team than Minnesota on a neutral field, as crazy as that is to say. They're, well, very, very slightly better, but still. And, and they, I mean, it's These are true. two average teams. These are two average football teams. These are two average football teams perfectly on opposite sides of variance so far this season. Yeah. Like, how many one-possession games have the have the Vikings won compared to the Lions losing? I don't. I don't even know off the top of my head. The Vikings, yeah. let's see, are plus eight in turnover differential this year. Lions are plus one. So I, I wouldn't say the Lions are that bad in terms of variance because they're what they're five and seven. Is that right? I think so. They've they've been right. Really they're an average right. team that's five and seven. I think it's more Minnesota. Yeah, I mean they have what this out of 70 10 win teams at this point in historic NFL seasons. They're the worst. Yeah, worst score differential. Yep. Right. I mean, look at look at if you look at the. Um, the rankings of turnover differential on the year number one philadelphia number two dallas number three minnesota these are teams that have you know they, they might philadelphia and dallas are good teams but they've also been fortunate yeah. um they're, they're fortunate to have the records they do because of that and you look at the worst teams in terms of score differential or in terms of turnover differential indianapolis minus 14 the saints minus 12 and the rams minus seven and they've been kind of teams that have have underachieved the Saints especially, I think, are a much better team than the record. Mm-hmm. And you saw they just, you know, Dennis Allen is just a little bitch, I guess. <laughs> he couldn't get the job done. Like, yeah. He needs more Taysom Hill in that offense. I think that's the that's the solution that really know. is needed. Well, Taysom Hill, if he could if he could have held on to that pass from Dalton, the game was over. But yeah. I mean there were a bunch of I mean, that was uh you know, I, I had I had a big live position on the Saints that I took at the half at minus one seventy, and um, I made it like minus two fifty. So yeah, yeah that, that that was that that kind of hurt. You you got Tom Brady at the end yeah. of the day. I'll tell you if that if there's a point that we're gonna leave with, it is this Father Time it if no longer undefeated. If Tom Brady decides to retire after this season, he Father Time officially has one in the L column because that man is old as dirt and he's still playing good ball. He is not the problem with that team. If he retires after this season, then then it it seems like a negative EV move given his marriage or lack thereof now. Like yeah. why why one more year to I mean, clearly I have no idea what's going on in the marriage, but Well, it, it's that the marriage is the marriage is over at this point, but he's also broke yeah. because he had all his money in FTX. Well, I, that was a rumor. Yeah. Well, that means that that if anything, I think that skews him towards retirement because remember he's got like a three hundred fifty million dollar contract waiting for him at Fox. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Straight to the broadcast. I think he's got plenty of money. I don't think that matters. Yeah. All right, but that's going to do it for us here today. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share. If you're watching us on the podcast platform of your choice, hit us with that rating and five-star. The five-star rating and a review really does help us out. If you're listening to us on YouTube, throw us that like. And, of course, you can follow Rufus and all of his fantastic tweets about data-driven betting analytics and golf futures and having a dog's name. You can follow him at Rufus Peabody for all of those and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Unabated Sports. That's going to do it for us this time. Check out the Unabated podcast coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this on release day and we'll see you next episode.